This episode of the podcast is brought to you by talking to Zach like a baby as to not frighten him. Hey, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't touch her. Or maybe I did. I don't know. See, I could tell you the truth. Maybe I didn't do it. But a liar won't believe anybody else, right? I think you just need to go and look at the baby. It's on the eyes, you see. See what happens when you poison other people's minds with ideas. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing 2015's The Gift. Zach, give us the rundown. Already? Already. Like, no, no, like... no, that's it. We're getting into it. Oh shit, okay. Are we on a time restraint? Is that no, why? No, I just, just don't want to be in the is same room as you Is my child being born? Like, do we have to get this done before he's coming? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so The Gift came out in 2015, directed by Joel Edgerton. And is, written by. Yeah, which is really... His directorial he a, debut. He did a really good job, man. Man, I want to just... We'll, we'll, we'll gush yeah. about it. So your main characters, which you only have three in this film. Mm-hmm. So you have Jason Bateman, who plays Simon. Yep. You have Joel Edgerton, who plays Gordon or Gordo. Yep. We're going to go with Gordo for this movie. I like Gordo. Yeah. Gordo the weirdo. Oh, I feel so bad for Man, him. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have Rebecca Hall, who plays Robin, Sim- yeah. uh, Simon's wife. Yeah. And that's really it. That's all you need in this film. You have, like, some other people. You have the guy from The Office, but he was in it for all of a scene. Yeah, that's true. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and this is a film about a young married couple who move back to their hometown um, after Simon gets like a, a good job or whatever, a new job opportunity. And they run into Gordo at like a, I don't know, some, almost, almost like a Macy's or something. And yeah, similar, to, yeah, store. whatever it is. And basically this movie, it's what starts off as like a, hey, we used to go to high school together. Like, hey, let's get together for drinks or something yeah. and, and just kind of like reminisce. Then slowly turns into a very dramatic thriller of Gordon stalking them, stalking them, but his past with Simon is unclear Mm -hmm. for most of the film and you don't really know why. And then it all kind of comes to revelation and then you realize like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then you realize that Simon isn't really the greatest guy in the world. No, Uh, he's really bad. And everything kind of slowly unravels. And I really just adore this movie. And especially for this being um, Edgerton's debut feature film. Yeah. Dude, the camera work in this fucking movie from the first shot. From the very first shot. You can just tell that it, it looks like it's been, it's a seasoned director. It's almost like, and I don't remember like what came out first, like this or it comes at night. This, I think, came out first. This came out first? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, like, if It Comes at Night came out first, I think he really kind of, like, played around with the director to, like, see how to shoot and Mm. really how to, like, set up frames for shots. Yeah, yeah, no. Because, man, you can really tell in this film that, like, He's almost been doing it for years. It seems again, he looks seasoned, like mm-hmm. from the from the beautiful, like slow pans to like the empty house while they're like getting the um you know, the uh, rear estate agent is going yeah. around like there's like just a I don't, it's just beautiful. And the dialogue in it too. The dialogue is um is great. Uh the, the you know, and it's just to kind of it, it's kinda of weird. I, I always it's always weird when a a writer, director also stars in their own movie. Yeah, like because, Kevin Smith. 
I don't know much of, of Kevin James Smith. Island yeah, Bob that's like the like only thing Tusk I know. I don't know if that's did he do Tusk? Yeah, he directed I heard, Tusk. I heard really weird things. I've never seen Tusk. You I've know heard what? like very strange. It's a very things. odd movie. I enjoyed it. Okay, but it's really weird because it's just I forgot his name. Jason Lee, I think. Yeah. Yep. He just being turned into a walrus. <laughs> and I mean, it's if a, that doesn't it's a fun movie, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Is it but it's, dark? It's dark humor. Okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so it's always kind of strange when, um, you know, when when a writer, when a director is like, hey, I'm going to also star in the film because there is kind of like you could really come across like a douchebag, especially if you overact and yes. like you're overdoing it. Um, but I think Gordon or, or, or Edgerton really kind of lets Bateman shine in this film. Mm-hmm. And he kind of takes like he pl- kind of plays like a very subdued character and he's not overdoing it at all. And Jason playing Simon. I mean, listen, Jason, this is a completely different yeah, t- he role. he mostly just does comedic roles. Yeah, exactly. So this is a... Co- I mean, besides now, everyone, everybody loves um, Breaking Bad kind of ripoff that he's, that he's doing. Oh, Better Call Saul? Or no, 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 no. Uh, Ozark. Oh, he's, okay. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, he made Ozark and he stars in it. And I don't know. I, I've... I have mixed feelings about Ozark. I'm just like, eh, it's kind of like whatever to me. Um, maybe it maybe it gets better, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> We're I not here to talk about Ozark. Yeah, prior to this, prior prior to you know Ozark, this was pretty much the only like very very real serious role that he did. And Jason Bateman is one of those guys where I'm kind of just like, every time I see him on screen, it's like, all right, yeah, you're you're, you're Jason Bateman, like yeah. you're just you. But in this film, he kind of like really just sinks into the yeah role. and like you don't really see jason bateman anymore you really kind of like see the character that he's playing um and again he's kind of a fucking dick yeah and i really liked that aspect because like in most of his work he's presented as a very likable guy yeah and, and in the beginning of this film he's kind of portrayed as that kind of you you do see like a lot of cracks in the beginning where it involves him and robin's relationship where Obviously, they moved from Chicago to California, and a lot of Robin's whole career was there in Chicago. Yeah. So now she's just kind of playing like the housewife right now and kind of picking up the pieces of working from home, but it's mm-hmm. not really working while he follows his dream. Yeah. And there is some marital issues right out of the gate between them. Yeah. Um, but at the core of this film, this is basically a movie about bullying. It's yes, it is a revenge bullying story, and how bullying somebody in high school when you're a young kid, you're not, re- you know, you don't know much, and you're just kind of like, hey, like let, let's just make fun of this kid and do this to this kid. You you don't realize the type of consequences and and what's going on behind closed doors when you know after it's all said and done. Yes, and it's a heavy movie. It is because it really does show you how the past can catch up with you. Yeah, in one way or another throughout your yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there is a a possibility that if you were ever a, a, like a real dick in high school, and you you should you know look at this point if you're out of high school you can admit that you've been that you were a dick in high school like it's <laughs> fine, um, but you know really kind of like showcasing that this. Could like this is not like a like a far fetched thing like oh this no. would never happen like this could really clearly happen to somebody, and especially if you were the person who was the bully like you, this could possibly happen to you honestly I think that the way that this movie is portrayed you know I think that the trailers to this film kind of did a dis a disservice because the trailers kind of make it seem like a run of the mill type of like stalkerish type of film and yeah. that's really not what this movie is at all. No, that first half of the film. Yes. Yeah. But by the other half of the film, it's really just kind of like 
an interrogation film almost where Robin's like trying to, well, a mystery actually. Like yeah. Robin's trying to solve the mystery of who her husband is and what relationship does he have to Gordo. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes in the film is when Gordo invites them to dinner at his house. Yeah. And it's this gorgeous house. He invites them in and he makes up like this lie where it's like, I mean, obviously it's a lie where it's like, <laughs> oh shit, like the other guys, they were supposed to come, but they couldn't find a babysitter. So it's just us three. It's going to be us. Yeah. And then runs out of the house to take a call yep. and leaves them for like five minutes. And then you have at this point, Simon's starting to become like a little bit more unhinged with Gordo because at this point, like he stopped by a couple of times and he's dropping off like gifts like he gives them the bottle of wine he helps them with like the tv yeah um, i mean in the beginning he's very just like a nice guy yeah he's just trying and to i don't and, and i honestly don't know like I, this is kind of a question that i want to kind of like brought bring up is like do you think that like what bateman or what simon does in the movie in current you know, where he kind of like, he like when, when uh, Gordo goes over and he sees like Gordo the weirdo, or he, no, I think he just sees weirdo. Yeah, he on, crosses like, the, out Gordo yeah, and weirdo. Yeah, and, he, and he, he left his phone number on the, uh, on the fridge there and he sees that and then Simon kind of just tells him like, listen man, like, we're not going to be friends, like, just like stop coming around. Like, do you think, do you think that Gordo was genuinely just trying to like get past it all and just try to be friendly or do you think that, like, the plan the whole time was to be friendly and then go fucking crazy? I think the very last shot in the film really sets you up to believe that all along this was Gordo's plan. It's a possibility. As you're going through the film, I really do believe, like, in that instance of when Simon's telling him, like, hey, we can't be friends. I want no contact with you ever again. Yeah. I really do feel at that point in time that Gordo was genuinely trying to like make amends yeah. and just become friends and like let the past be the past. Mm -hmm. But by the end, you're really led to believe that this was all part of his plan from the very start. You don't think so? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I honestly, I haven't come to a conclusive, like solid answer for myself. And I, and I think that what you're saying is there, you have valid points. But I just don't know. I, I feel like... But that's the thing, too, is, like, we're going to talk about it, but the three gifts at the very end, one of them is from when they were at the house, and Simon was going over and being like, ooh, Gordo the weirdo, ooh, I want to I wanna bang Robin, like, yeah, yeah, let yeah. me stick my willy in you, yeah, and, like, yeah. being really weird about it. That's recorded. Yep. So at that point in time, it was all set up. So he... he could have known at that point like it was going to go down like this that's true that is true mm -hmm. maybe I and don't then know. and then giving the koi fish and then killing, killing the, koi the koi fish, fish yeah just to show like how easy it is to like take something away yeah yeah i don't know i'm Again, so happy the dog didn't get hurt hey i was i was really getting pissed off because like I was when, when I was watching, it, I was like, Zach, but Zach's gonna be happy about that one and what a fucking name mr bojangles it's for so a dog great. yeah my God, when that dog came back, I was like, oh, Frank, you got lucky. <laughs> oh, you got lucky today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we should kind of talk about what Simon did. Yeah. If you want to elaborate. Yeah, so basically it comes to more towards the end after Robin's doing some digging that 
the phrase let bygones be bygones came up and that was sent in the letter that says like i apologize like you have nothing to do with me after this Mm -hmm. let bygones be bygones and simon will not give robin the time of day with what that means yeah so as she's going around trying to solve this case you come to find out that simon basically being a bully in school made up this whole rumor that gordo was gay and molested and in terms of that gordo's father who was not approving of that would beat him and then that one caused a psychological damage to gordo Mm -hmm. which it would anybody yeah and then two like i believe they talked about like him being sent to like a foster home yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. So he lost like his family, his friends, any kind of like credibility as a human being. Mm-hmm. And it just destroyed him. Like yeah. he, he tried going into the military. He got discharged from it. Um, he tried, ended up working like odd jobs and like he ended up having like a criminal record from this. And it was all from one lie that just spiraled Gordo's life. And it really showcases, like, how bullying can really be detrimental to a person. Yeah. Like, the smallest thing could destroy someone. Yeah. And, you know, again, when you're in high school and you're a young kid, you don't think of these things. You're just thinking about, you know, whatever, like, in the moment. And you're just thinking about, you know, it's funny because in high school, everything seems like it's the end of the world. Or, like, in high school, everything seems like it's the most important thing that is happening in the world. <laughs> you're I know. Just like, it's, it's crazy too. Cause like when you're growing up and you're going to school, you're being told constantly by like adults and parents that like, Hey, like don't let it get to you. Like school is nothing. Like you, the rest of your life is what matters. Yeah. And like, I remember hearing that like as a kid and I'm like, no, no, no. Like this, there's not going to be anything crazier than this. Yeah. And like as an adult now, I mean, high school is a joke. Like, yeah, high school. Like <laughs> the fact of like, oh, do you have friends? Do you not have friends? Are you popular? It means jack shit. Yeah. And for anybody who is in school, like at this point, that's listening to it, it really doesn't mean it anything. Doesn't mean anything. Like we graduate, and then everybody pretty much goes their separate ways. Pretty much, what's going to happen is you're going to graduate, and you're going to be friends with whoever you graduated with for like that summer. And then everyone's going to go away to college, go to different schools, and you're pretty much never going to talk to those people ever again. Maybe a select. Two yeah, or maybe three. yeah, maybe two or three of them, and then after that, I mean, you're just going to go on with your life. And mm-hmm. high school is just it Nothing. was four years of whatever. Yeah pretty much what it is and half the time too the people that are popular or bullies can't cope with that and then they end up having a rougher time in life but in this case this this film takes a look on how far it can go and how extreme it can be with somebody who is bullied to that degree i mean getting molested i mean that alone is already just in, like it's just like okay like that is just more than what anybody should have to deal with and then on top of that you're then getting bullied because someone says oh wait no he's actually homosexual yeah that's all make fun of him for that and then his dad pretty much beats him until fucking he's almost dead yeah which is horrible and then he gets pretty much like disowned from his family and then you know there's something i don't know i don't know if this is completely accurate but the way that like edgerton portrays gordo I think that he is kind of like 
still stuck in the past. Yeah. Because, like, I think that, like, his hair, I think that that's, like, supposed to be, like, very clearly, like, he's dying his hair. Like, you know, like, he doesn't want to age. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like very red. It's very, like, just... Yeah, like unnaturally, like it, it looks like okay, yeah, like yeah, he's definitely like dying his hair, um, and he's got like the like the one earring and stuff like that, and I think that like that is kind of like Gordo, his character just holding on to the past so much and like still kind of like being in trying to trying to kind of like almost relive those high school years, um, so I mean that's a character flaw within itself because it's kind of like man like let the past be the past, but. He's still he, he's just never been able to get over this. Yeah. And Simon coming back into his life is kind of like okay, like I need to then move forward now. But it's mm. it's not obviously it's not in like a healthy way. No. Um. But he does play a really sympathetic character in the film. Yeah. Like, like you besides, feel for him the whole time. You feel for him, but at the same time too, you do feel like something's off. Yeah. And that's just a testament to Joel Edgerton's like acting yeah, because like it's really hard to portray that in that one sort of like I is, feel is, for is you. he off because he's just socially awkward or is he off because there's something mentally unstable yeah and that's kind of like where you kind of are always on the fence of the whole film until more towards like the end when you clearly realize like okay he's not Clearly, all a there. Fucking great helicopter sound, man. That is true. Like it's really, really good. Like, like scary good, right? <laughs> like on point. <laughs> like he makes it almost seem like it's going around. It's the so room. good. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I did want to bring up too, which is more a testament to like him as a director. Yeah. Which I found like really interesting throughout the film because it made me tense, and it reminded me a lot of The Strangers, mm. where he has a lot of these shots where when it's just Robin in the house, she's not. Fully in the frame. She's not, yeah, she's not centered in the foreground. She's off to the side, and you have, like, this blurry shot of the background, yeah. and it creates this thing much like The Strangers where you're less focused on Robin and more focused on the background. Yeah. And it's almost setting up to where, like, after a certain point, he just kind of, like, walks through the house. Right. And it creates this real sense of, like, unsettlety to it. Yeah. That I found not a lot of people might have caught, but like it adds to the film yeah. as a thriller. Yeah, and you know one of the great things about this movie and that I found, especially rewatching it, was he he doesn't go like the stereotypical routes with this film. I think there there's like a few times in the movie where you're kind of like, especially like being a first time viewer, and I, I imagine this was your first time it watching was. it. I'm imagining that there there's probably there was probably a point in the film or a few points in the movie where you're like, okay, I know where this is going. And then it just doesn't go that way at all. Yeah. And then you, and then like it happens again. You're like, all right, now I know where this movie's definitely going. And then it just doesn't go that way at all. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God. And like, again, that's like, I've said this before um, and it's, it's a it's a Tarantino quote, and it's just like watching one of the best film experiences that you can have is when you're watching a film that has a story that truly, really unfolds as you're watching it, and you don't know what's going to happen next, and there aren't those stereotypical Hollywood isms. Yes. It is just a, a story that is truly unfolding, and you are going along with it, and that that is like one of the highest praises that I can give to this film. Yes, it's expertly directed. Yes, the acting is superb, but it's got a very dark, real 
story that truly does unfold as you're watching and you don't know where this film is going to end up. That all being said, what are your thoughts with the possible rape of his wife? Do you think that Gordo did it? I... I don't think that Gordo did it. I don't I think, think so either. I think I think that would be very out of character for him. Yeah, it's the idea that he did just to, again, prove a point to Simon. Yeah. Because a lie ruined Gordo's life. Now, a possible lie is ruining Simon's life. Yeah, I mean, at the and end I, of this film, Simon's in shambles. Lost his career. Yes. Right, job because, is now gone. Yeah, because his he, wife wants to divorce him. Mm-hmm. He has he has no like the the kid that he now is a, is ha- having or just had. He's probably never really going to see because yeah. she hates him. Basically, and could possibly be Gordo's. Could possibly be Gordo's exactly. So he'll never know. And I don't know because it's it, it's one of those it's just one of those things where it's like oh man like it's just one of those conversation pieces where we can go back and forth all day and be like yes no yes no maybe maybe I don't know yeah. I don't know because like there like is did. like a weird kind of like I think like CGI thing going on with the baby where like the eyes of the kid oh yeah yeah sort of looks similar to Gordo's eyes because mm-hmm. Gordo has like these very like deep brown like big brown eyes and the baby has similar eyes to that yeah I don't know but man. you don't know you don't know I never I never understood that too because it's like oh like you can tell like. From that, the eyes. Yeah, and it's like, a baby looks like a baby to me. The baby's like, just I don't, a potato. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I can't see any features until, like, you're at least seven. Yeah. Like, I don't know if yeah. you'll look like your parents. Yeah, then. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, they do kind of play off of where it might be Gordo's, it might not be Gordo's. I really don't think that it would be. I, I think that this was just another step to really, like, fuck with Simon. It's just kind of like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, exactly. Because he already won. I mean, when, when he, you know, when there's that last shot of him like walking away, and he and he has like his arm in the sling after yeah. after Jay or Simon kind of like beat him up a little bit. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't he, really like an apology to go meet him. It no, was more of yeah, just it was like, like a, a bullshit. Like you know, it was like, hey, I'm sorry. Do you accept it or no? <laughs> and then when he was like, no, nah, it's too. Late My for wife that. is making me say I'm sorry, so yeah. I'm here. <laughs> exactly. And it's like you don't actually mean it. Yeah. So why would you? Exactly. Um. So you know, he's got his arm in the sling, and then as he's walking away. He like releases the the sling and he kind of yes. just throws the sling over to the side and then he walks away. So it's kind of like, okay, he, he was lying about that the whole time. And I think that that's kind of like a like a symbol, a metaphor for like the pain that has been causing him his whole life and whatnot. And like he's kind of been like handicapped his whole, like this for so long. And now there's finally that release, right? Yes. There's finally like that. I'm I'm finished with with thinking about him and and him like ruining my life again. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with how he went about it. But he got his point across. But he got his point across, and there is a... There had to be some form of catharsis, right? You know, like, it was cathartic for him yes. to do all of this. So now Gordo can go on with his life and not be, like, and can, at least somewhat normal. Yeah, and he can basically just slip away because throughout the film, they never know where Gordo actually lives. Right. Because the house that they had dinner at wasn't even his house wasn't even his it's no crazy. he apparently was like a fucking gardener yeah. to the house <laughs> and that was the whole thing was like when the dog went missing and simon goes to that house and is like i want to speak to your husband gordo yeah she's like who yeah and the husband comes out and it's not gordo and yeah. it's like 
oh, like that was an oh fuck moment to me because I was like, oh fuck, he did, that's not his house. <laughs> what the fuck? Where yeah. does he actually live? Yeah, 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 man. This movie really does like just again, like it keeps you on your toes. Yes, and I really enjoyed this film. Like I'm as glad. it was a breath of fresh air for a thriller movie. Yeah, because I, it really is more psychological than anything. For sure, and it's and it and it's a it's really just. It, it, I feel like the thriller part of it's kind of more on the back burner and it's yeah. kind of more of just a family drama, like first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But then there's that thriller aspect to it that really like kind of like elevates it, you know, some like kind of like the best horror films, like the best horror films in recent memory are like the witch yes. and uh, hereditary. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and like those films are like really family dramas with the horror element to it. And I think that that's kind of like the best types of films right like characters real real characters that have stories that have a back that have a backstory and that you care about and then you throw in the horror element and i think that's where most films kind of fall flat where like they're making these like cookie cutter thrillers yeah and it's just like again like the 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 trailer to this film look makes it look like a cookie cutter thriller Mm -hmm. and it's really not what this film is at all no uh, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I really, really. I remember when I when I first saw this film in theaters, I was so blown away and so shocked. I was like, "This is this was amazing." Um, my dad, I I, th- my da- I was talking to my dad before this podcast, and he was like, "What movie are you guys doing?" And I was like, "A movie called The Gift." And he goes, "With Jason Bateman?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "That movie's okay." I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> you I'm, don't even know. You're not even my real dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, really like like love this movie a lot. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well. Thank you, um, Zach. Do you have a what we're doing next? Yes, uh, Frank. Where did new Blade Runner next? The original. Yes. Why would you rather do the the new one, twenty forty nine or whatever it's called? Yeah. No, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about that. No, we're doing the original. That's good. I have more stuff to talk about with the original. Okay, great. Um, Frank, do you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. Thank you for asking, Zach. I want to recommend (laughs) Boopy Doops. Um, so I recently started Hannibal, a TV series all about Lex. Yeah. Um, it's all based off of like the red dragon and Hannibal, like the whole Hannibal Lecter and all that. It's not a Netflix original. I guess it was on like CBS or whatever yeah, it was. It was, it was a TV a thing. Um, but they just, it just recently got canceled, which is kind of unfortunate, but, um, I'm kind of hoping that, uh, maybe that, back up. that Netflix might pick it up and be like, Hey, let's, let's like, you know, make this go. Cause it's, it's actually very good. It's and recently I'm, added onto Netflix. Yeah, so yeah. there is a good chance. I'm hoping that they, they pick it up. And I was very surprised with that it's a cable TV show and mm. there's like a good amount of gore and like a good amount of like body horror and really, really like freaky, uh, like imagery. Like they're like the, the first, like I'm only on like episode three or four of the first season and they're following like the serial killer. And he's got like this thing of, of like mounting these, like the, his victims mm-hmm. on onto like, like the, the antlers of like deer and okay. like in the in the, the way that they like find these bodies and they're like hung up on the wall and the antlers are coming through them and they're like nude and they're just like hanging on the wall it's just like it's beautiful in like a weird sadistic way but i was just like completely blown away by um how just dark and like gross and everything everything is for a cable tv show uh so yeah i highly highly recommend hannibal Okay. It's very, very good. Um, and that's it. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, let bygones be bygones.